welcome to Asking for a Friend, a Park Springs podcast. I'm Taylor, and each week I'll sit down with a godly mentor figure in my life and ask questions with the hope of receiving practical and biblical advice on the hard-to-navigate areas of daily life. Thank you for joining. Hey, podcast people. We're back, and this week's guest is uh, has been a long time coming. Um, it's my mentor, uh, she's awesome and wise, and our conversations really um, are just what made this podcast become a thing. So here's Emily. Woo! Hello. Emily, tell our audience all about you and yourself. You love that. Okay, great. <laughs> um, yes, I'm Emily. I am married to Jared, who's pastor here at Park Springs. Um we have a toddler, almost two years old, um, named Lively. Um, I've grown up in Arlington, went to Pantigo Christian Academy, then to UTA. Um, yeah, so Arlington, kind of born and born and raised, and um, I'm a nurse now, working on my master's degree, and that's me. Woo, exciting. Um, I got to give Emily one of the fun topics. Yes. Which, I mean, <laughs> these are all fun topics. Some of them more fun, air quotes around it, than others. <laughs> um, today, we're gonna talk about purity and modesty. Yes, what everybody loves to talk about. Yes, girl mm -hmm. talk. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with, but mm -hmm. don't talk about. Sure. So. Yeah, I'm hoping that this podcast is helpful for anyone who's in that camp. Yeah, I like how you gave Jared the topics of finances and social media, but I get to talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I feel comfortable talking yeah. about that with you sure. as opposed to Jared. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So I think this will be a good one. Um, so for anyone maybe that doesn't know or isn't familiar with the mm -hmm. term, like how would you describe purity? Okay, so purity is kind of hard to define. If you look at just like the word purity, the definition of it, it's actually like the absence of something rather than the presence of something. So mm. it's kind of confusing. So purity traditionally, and in the dictionary, you could just see it um, defined as the absence of sin the absence of blemish, the absence of defilement. Mm. So those things are kind of like also hard to define, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of confusing. Um, and I would say just like, you know, for me, like you can look at just like maybe more of a biblical definition rather than the word. And so I would say that the word purity, I mean, um, mainly – uh, is defined by like um, looking more like Jesus. Mm. You know, Jesus was that perfect example of purity. And so he's the, kind of like that ultimate example for us. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's like other obviously connotations that we'll get into, I think, as we continue talking. Yeah, I think that's good because I think in our minds, when we hear this word, we mm -hmm. automatically think sex. Sex, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's not in its, mm -hmm. like the word itself, not really anything to do with sex. Like, yeah, I mean, because you can think of purity in terms of like clarity, you know, mm -hmm. like there's so many different definitions for it. So, yeah. yeah, I think that it's helpful to kind of back up a little bit 
and look at it from a little bit more distance. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess if we're going off of the Christian cliche, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, purity and sex, like what, what would you think? Well, how would you describe that? Okay. So I'm glad that you asked this because, (laughs) um, I think that a lot of people have this idea of, you know, purity and being a virgin means I do. And we're going to, you know, we're going to use the word, so get ready. Um, uh, people think of, um, purity and virginity as not having penetrative sex. So, you know, penis and vagina, like that whole thing. (laughs) That's what people think of. Yes. Um, (laughs) we're going there. (laughs) Yeah, we went there. So I think that honestly, that it encompasses so much more. Mm. Um, you know, there's like, I just, well, I guess we can go ahead and define it right now. Cause I know we're going to talk about the line later and crossing that line. So it'll be good to kind of define it. Um, so, uh, traditionally like heterosexual sex with being, you know, a penetrative sex. Um, then you also have oral sex, Mm. anal sex, mutual masturbation. Those are all sex acts. Mm. And so anything basically that, that is, um, sexual arousal and sexual release. That is kind of the all encompassing <laughs> sex umbrella, you yeah. know? So I think um, defining it is helpful. Like yeah. we're, I'm like laughing right now because sure. I'm scared, but well, I the think, thing, the thing is, is yeah. that like, you can't really talk about the other parts of it if yeah. you don't start with what like is Like this is, this sex. is, yeah. yeah. So that's good. So I'm giving you the birds and the bees right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I might not let Brenna listen to this one. I'm kind of, no, but no, that's yeah. good. Like this is what sex is. So yeah. like not just, yeah, that's good. Cause I think a lot of people, sure. We'll talk about it later, but sure. the line they're like, oh, well we didn't have sex. So yes, it's not, but it's exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that this is something a lot of people get mixed up, mm-hmm. which as I'm not in a relationship right now, for me, it's more clear, but Mm -hmm. when you're in a relationship, it's like, why does this matter? Like, oh, if we're going to get married anyway, yeah. Then why do we have to, like, we we talked about marriage once. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's on the radar. Yeah. So so we can do do it. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to that common misconception? Yeah. So this, this is interesting. Um, so I think you can go two different routes on this. Why is purity important? Um, you've got the biblical, you know, kind of explanations of like, you know, the Bible emphasizes purity a lot. Jesus was, you know, the example of purity. Um, our purity is a reflection of that. Um, and then there's the other aspects of like the very practical kind of like consequences of these things. So like, you know, if you're having sex, you know, always, you know, the beer, big fear is, you know, pregnancy and STDs. That's mm-hmm. what, you know, people are afraid of. And then there's also, um, just really, I think, um, unintentional consequences, like, um, you know, you can be emotionally tied to someone that maybe you don't want to marry, you yeah. know? And so having that sex and that intimacy with them is maybe not such a good thing, especially in the long run, if you end up marrying someone else Mm. in a relationship with someone that you do plan on marrying. Well, it's a good thing because it kind of sets you up for success. Um, Purity does enhance um, intimacy with whoever you're, you know, going to be end up having sex with. 
Um, because sex within marriage is um, the way that God intended for us to use sex. And so when it's being used as, as it is intended, it's at its most pleasurable, it's at its safest, it's at its best. Yeah. And so those things all create a really good sex life. And so um, if you want to kind of like have the best sex life that you can have, you need to use sex the way it was created and the way it was intended, which is within the confines of marriage. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, for the people who are like, well, you know, we're going to get married and it doesn't really matter, like give or take a few months. Mm. It also teaches you, you know, restraint because like if you're not living um, within the, the boundaries that God puts uh, around sex mm. before marriage, do you really think that you're going to be living within those boundaries after marriage? Wow. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, pornography and affairs, emotional affairs, mm. all those things. Like if you're not um, living within the way that God intended it before marriage, like what like makes you could, think yeah. that you're going to be really great at doing it the way it's intended in marriage? Exactly. Like putting so, a ring on it will fix yeah, that exactly. desire you have to sure. pursue it outside of a marriage yeah. relationship. And That's so good. Yeah. And like marriage, you know, it it's, it's a responsibility, so it complicates things. And so you're adding on a extra layer of weight in a way. So like if you're not doing the things that you should before marriage, it's going to be even harder kind of to do those things mm. after marriage sometimes, you know, yeah. depending on what your walk is like, depending on your support system, you know, so. Yeah, that's Just some good. practical things. Mm. Yeah. So I guess, what would you say to, like, do you have any advice for the people that maybe are in that camp? Like mm-hmm. they are in a long-term relationship or maybe engaged to someone or looking to marriage and... They're either thinking about crossing, mm-hmm. like not just the intercourse line like you defined, but just all Any, intimacy. Yeah. Um, like what would you say, I guess, to them if they've already crossed that line sure. and they're trying to like back away from it sure. or they um, recognize the problem, the mm-hmm. need to not do those things? So first, th- there's a, a few different things that I think we can talk about within that. The first thing I would say is that most people after encountering or having some sort of sexual experience, there's a lot of shame and guilt that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of us, like, I think, you know, the buzzword right now is the purity culture. Like a lot of my generation, we grew up in that. And so any sort of like sex act or act that leads towards sex, um, left a lot of people feeling guilty and Mm -hmm. shameful. There's even that phrase that's been coined, you know, the walk of shame afterwards, (laughs) you know, the morning after. So um, the the reason that I bring that up is because um, I think what is really important is um, looking at the big question of why you want to cross the line versus Mm. what that line is. And so, like, for someone who um, their big reason is, like, say I don't want to get pregnant Mm -hmm. or I don't want an STD and that's why I'm not going to have sex. Well, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Modern world today, you can use birth control. You can use condoms. Those consequences can be avoided. Yeah. So it's like what your answer is your, I mean, not your answer, but your motivation is suddenly it's disappeared, you know? Yeah. Like what, what's the reason that's keeping me from those boundaries? 
And so um, it, it all that kind of wraps up in the why, like, why do we need to be pure? Why do we need to stay pure? Why do we have these boundaries? And it's mm-hmm. because God wants to protect us he, and he wants us to, you know, to, um, to just be like in this relationship that's good for us, you know, yeah. like the, there's all these consequences that can come from, from sex. And like I said, you know, shame, guilt, and then all the, all the, like, you know, the fear ones, pregnancy and, you know, SDs, all those mm-hmm. things, like those are things that God wants to protect us from. And so the, if you're, if your reasoning is kind of like this, just like, well, you know, like sex is bad and sex is the wrong thing for me to do, that's going to go out the window as soon as you like start canoodling, you know? (laughs) Yeah. If you guys start making out, those feelings just take over. And it's like, well, I need a really good reason to not have sex and to not cross those boundaries. Otherwise, it's going to happen. Yep. So if if shame and fear and guilt and pregnancy and STDs, if those are the reasons, they're not good enough reasons because Mm. your emotions are just going to take over. Yeah. So... I think the best thing that you can do is ask the question, why versus where's the line? Hmm. So, yeah, that's really good. Now, there are practical things I think you can do as a couple who's like, yeah, we're heading towards the altar. We love each other. We want to have sex. How do we not do that? Um, I think there's some really practical things you can do of like if situations lead you towards crossing those lines that you've Mm. put in place for yourself, then avoid those situations. Yeah. Like if you're going to be hanging out at night or watching a movie or something and you, it always ends in making out, well, maybe you should stop that behavior. Maybe don't watch a movie (laughs) alone together. Yeah. Some cheesy ones I've heard on like other podcasts, there's like two different ones. One Mm -hmm. I heard is like no um, horizontal laying down. And another one I've heard is keep both feet on the floor. Yeah. Those are (laughs) funny. Yeah. But there, there is some truth in, like, mm-hmm. it's putting the boundaries in place ahead of time mm-hmm. rather than in the moment trusting yourself sure. to not make bad decisions. Yeah, and, like, honestly, <laughs> you can make so many different rules and lines and, you know, boundaries for yourself. But at the end of the day, um, if if the motivation and and the principle behind it isn't there, then those go out the window real fast. Yeah. You know? Like... I mean, the whole, like, no horizontal laying, like, I mean, okay, we're just going to start out as cuddling. There's <laughs> literally nothing wrong with cuddling, you know? So you can talk your yes, way in, yes. in around those things. So even those cute little rules <laughs> might not be that helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's what I would say to those people who are asking, what's the line? How far can I go? Mm. It's like, you're asking the wrong question. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that you said, um, like, the consequences that come from that, mm-hmm. that's not how God designed it. That's sure. us taking something God designed and using it in the wrong way, mm-hmm. which leads to consequences that he never intended for us to feel. Right. Like, emotionally connected to someone that's not our spouse, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, that's yeah. not how God right. wanted it, but... Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so switching gears a little bit, okay? Because I think these two go together, but it's another one that I see a lot in like, I don't know, it's a big thing in Christian culture right now. Yes. Just the whole idea of modesty 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and just what that means and why does it matter mm-hmm. and why can't I wear a bikini to the pool because mm-hmm. I love myself and, not, you know, just sure. that whole thing. So yeah. for those that maybe aren't familiar with the term, um, how would you describe modesty? modesty. So modesty, yet again, it's <laughs> another one that's really hard to define because it's it's the absence of something versus the presence of something. Yeah. So, like, if you look at the definition of, of modesty, it's, like, the absence of impropriety, the absence of mm. indecency. It's, like, what does that even mean, you know? So, modesty is so tough because it changes mm. every decade. <laughs> yes, it really does. It changes every decade. It changes um, if you go to a different culture. Yes. Like, for instance, it's okay to have, you know, like, a topless beach somewhere versus in other countries, a woman can't walk out of her door without being covered head to toe, you know? So how is modesty defined, you know, in one sentence? Mm. I don't know that you can go there. Um, (laughs) But for me personally, how I would define modesty is um, honestly, like I see it as just like a synonym for humility. Mm. So like the things that point towards me, attention grabbing, um, you know, attention seeking, all those things, that's not what modesty is, you know? Mm -hmm. So just you kind of, if you feel that, you know, it's the opposite of that. Yeah. 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 Like if, if I'm like, Hey, look at me in this, you know, in this outfit, then I might be like, (laughs) what's my motivation here? Mm, What am I trying to accomplish by wearing this? You know, Mm. what am I getting out of it? Am I getting satisfaction and knowing that I turned a few heads or, you know, made some girl jealous, you know, like what's my motivation behind wearing that? That's crazy that you're saying that. Cause I feel like I feel like that, mm-hmm. but even when the clothes I'm wearing aren't super flashy or showy, mm-hmm. like I catch myself in that sure. mindset, even if I'm just wearing like a nice dress to church, I'm yeah. like, look at like, yeah. Oh, look at me. It's, like, it's like even that's not modest. It's the opposite of vanity, you know? Mm. So it's it's wow. just like kind of a different way to think about it. Because yeah. like think about, you know, in a different culture, like, okay, here's a good example. Um, when Jared and I were first doing youth, we went on a mission trip to the Philippines, took a group of youth-aged kids with us. I had told the girls, you know, make sure you wear, or not sure you wear, but make sure you pack um, a pair of like pants or capris or something with, you know, having known that in other cultures, certain things that we find in America are okay, you know, that they're not going to be okay over there. And so I didn't know, I've never been to the Philippines, but, um, you know, we were going to be doing evangelism on a um, a, like a, a college campus. And so our youth girls came down, um, dressed in just like t-shirts and athletic shorts, something totally appropriate, something we would not have batted an eye at mm-hmm. in a youth gathering on Wednesday night. Well, our host like comes in and is like, <laughs> okay, this is not, we're going to attract a lot of unwanted attention Wow! if we go onto the campus like this. So I mean, you know, like something that I would not have thought was inappropriate was inappropriate for there. Yeah. So it's just like the context. Yeah, it's like a you know? cultural concept. Yeah. So it's it's hard to just like put it into a nutshell. Mm. So I think the a better way of thinking of, about it is kind of like what I was describing earlier is mm. like, what's my motivation yet again for kind of the why behind it? Like, why am I wearing this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I think, I think back when I was not a Christian or mm-hmm. like a follower of Jesus, uh-huh. I would say I didn't understand the big hype about Christians and modesty, like uh-huh. that big link. Yeah. So could you explain that a little bit? Like why do Christians feel this need to be so <laughs> modest and why don't they show their ankles at church and things okay. like that? Yeah. <laughs> so this one, I would just uh, counter that a little bit with think of some other religions that also have to do with this, like Mormonism and, um, uh, Muslim women, you know, like it's still a big no, no to dress immodestly. Yeah. So it's, it's not just Christianity Mm -hmm. that kind of like has this, um, you know, monopoly on modesty, I guess you could say. Or like, uh, uh, Encouraging women to dress a certain way or not a certain way. So I think that, um, you know, this is just like kind of a harder topic because it could involve so many other things like gender roles and, you know, feminism and, you know, um, like consent, like so many, so many other topics could be involved in this. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint it. But what I would say is that, the Bible does talk about modesty, mm-hmm. um, but if you look at some of the verses that where it's literally talking about women and the clothes that they wear, it's almost always followed by something um, regarding the spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily like an external thing that God is requesting or prompting us. It's more of an internal reflection. So I'll just read this verse. Um so this is first Peter three, three through four. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing that you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. So like, you see what I'm saying? Like it's followed mm. by this like emphasis more on what's going on yeah. inside versus the external. It even says like, you know, do not let your adorning be external. Yeah, straight you know? up. Yeah, straight, straight up. up. <laughs> yeah. So it's not really like, hey, you know, let's let's all not wear two pieces. Like it, <laughs> it's really saying, like, worry about the spirit. You yeah. Know, worry about your your soul. Um, and then here's another one. This is first Timothy two, nine through ten. Likewise also that the women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with, um, what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Mm. And so again, it's saying like, you know, the external is not really the important part. It's like the internal part. Yeah. If you're trying to emulate someone who is godly, it says by doing good works, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And from those verses, it almost seems like it's also talking about like living lavishly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, I think, you know, costly attire. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you spending your money on? <laughs> yeah. Just like, it's not about the brands that mm-hmm. you wear, you know, it, it's about the internal, which so is like the same principle, I yeah, guess. Exactly. Both. So it's, it goes back to the motivation kind of mm. like why, because if my motivation is to 
you know, turn heads or to get attention, I could be spending that money in a better way mm. with like good works or, you know, donations, you and know, like, effort, yeah, yeah, like I could be, Dang. I could be put channeling that towards a better outcome. That stinks. I feel like every <laughs> outfit that I like, do you ever have those outfits that you like put together and you're like, I'm gonna get complimented on this today. Mm -hmm. You know, like you feel like fire when you walk out in mm -hmm. this outfit, man, like even though it's not anything scandalous Flashy. or yeah. it's just like the heart behind it. Yep. It's just, I want this attention. Yeah, It's the heart. That's what God cares about. That's how I feel about my outfit today. I like picked yeah, it out. You were like, oh, I'm going to get some looks. No, I like saw you wearing it last time. <laughs> oh like the, no, like the pants and the jacket. That's it doesn't so matter. Funny. But I was like, Emily looked cool in this outfit. Like, well, let hey, me try that. It says, you know, look for women who are proper and profess godliness. So there you right, go. That's what, that's what I was doing with the denim yeah. jacket. But, yeah. So I would just say like God doesn't care about, mm. you know, those rules of like, don't wear a two-piece. Don't wear mm. leggings. What he cares about is your heart. Then why do you think it's such a big thing? Because oh, there man. are some Christian yeah. people that would like die on that. Like no two-pieces. Yeah. No strapless dresses. Yeah. Like no above-the-knee dresses. Honestly, it goes back to the Bible being misused, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so you can even you can even use this same exact example with the whole purity mm. thing as well the purity movement um purity culture have you heard that before so back in the 90s purity culture was a big thing um they did these um true love weight conventions and they did this thing where you they like they would get youth kids to make pledges to be pure <laughs> i've heard about that they would wear purity, and purity rings. rings were a big yes. thing and the reason that all this came about is because, um, you know, it was like right on the heels of the AIDS crisis and, um, you know, wow. teen pregnancy would have set a high, like an all-time high. And so people who are very well-intentioned uh, thought this is going to be a good way to, you know, counteract that, but it was abused and misused. And so mm. the the idea was, you know, to like get kids to wait to have sex for purity. I mean, uh, for, for marriage, that's a good idea, but it also came with this like shame and yes. guilt, uh, associated with any sex act. So like they would do these things where like, you know, the, the youth pastor would talk about purity and he would pass around like a piece of chewed up gum. And like every person would have to touch it. And at the end, he's like, now who wants that gum? Like nobody wants that. Oh you're, my gosh. You know, you have sex. <laughs> you're this chewed up piece of gum, you know? Like, oh my gosh, that's you're horrible. Spoiled, you know, that's nobody horrible. wants you. Yeah. And the same thing with like a rose. And like, there were lots of examples of this. So Whoa. it came about with probably a good intention, but it caught it, you know, it was kind of a, a they picked one little thing versus like, that's the true. context of what God was saying. And um, yeah, just kind of like ran with that. So it's always kind of dangerous to do that thing where you pick like one verse and like that's mm. what you go by. You need to like read all of it. So like even um, even like talking about the um, the braiding their hair and like the, the gold and pearls and costly attire. Like if you look at that within the cultural context – 
that's why it was considered, yeah. you know, Those like were the flashy yeah. things back then. That's not flashy today. Yes, that's so, like the norm. <laughs> yeah, so it's just kind of like, you know, you got to look at all of it. So with modesty, you know, I think that um, there's that verse that everybody kind of like looks at and it's like, um, let's see. Um, you know, if a, if a man looks on a woman lustfully, he's committed adultery in his heart. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and so and so people feel like, well, that means women need to wear certain things that are not going to cause me into sin. Mm. But if you look at the rest of that verse, you know mm. what it says? It says, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. <laughs> it doesn't say have the person you're looking at cover, cover themselves up, up mm. you know? Yes. It says, if you sin, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it cut off. Cut it off. So it's your responsibility. If you're sinning, it's your responsibility. But um, there's also another verse that I think a lot of people use, and it's the stumbling block one. Have you heard that one? Mm -hmm. It's like, um, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to be a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. Ah. And so, you know, I think a lot of girls were taught this, like, we don't want to be stumbling blocks to our brothers in Christ. Hmm. And so if we're, if what we're wearing is going to cause them to sin, well, we don't want to be that stumbling block, you yeah. know, which I, I think you still need to like back up and look at that in the context of that chapter. It was talking about things that you could and could not eat, like the <laughs> cleanliness factor. So it literally has nothing to do with clothing, Yeah, but it's a principle that you yes. can apply. Um, yeah. but it says like in verse, so that's Romans four fourteen thirteen, 13. And it says in verse 19, let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and edification. Mm. So people are using this stumbling block kind of like idea and making it like a control issue versus like me saying, I don't want to cause anyone to stumble myself. So I'm going to do this for myself. Yeah. You know, like I want to do everything I can to cause peace and edification for my brothers and sisters in Christ versus me being told I can't wear this because I'm going to be me. I am a stumbling block to someone else. Mm, do you see the difference? Yeah. So I would say it's just another way that the Bible kind of, it gets misused a little bit. Yeah. I just, something that I see in myself which I think is a result of the culture you were talking about, mm -hmm. the purity culture. Like sure. it's kind of evolved now into this whole modest is hottest thing. Yeah. Um, I do find myself judging mm -hmm. Christians who do choose to wear um, things that mm -hmm. I wouldn't <clears throat> consider modest by my own definition. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's like looking at the verses and the principles you're pointing out, like it's totally wrong, but it's so ingrained in Christian culture, it, it seems. And yeah. we judge each other so hard. Yeah. Like when I see someone wearing something, I'm like, oh, they're probably, it makes yeah. me question their walk with the Lord, which yeah. I have no right to do. Sure. Or no knowledge about like that exactly. person could be more spiritual than I'll ever yeah. be. Um, you know, there are verses that talk about, you know, uh, presenting yourself respectably. There are verses that talk about like, you know, in Proverbs, like, you know, the woman who's a, uh, adorned as a prostitute, you know? And mm. so there, there are those verses that make you think like, well, I do need to be thinking about the way I present myself because the way that I present myself is a representation of Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there is merit in that, 
I can't just discredit, you know, those other verses in the Bible that say like, you know, you know, dress as a woman who's, you know, um, who professes godliness, you know, like yeah. I, I can't just ignore those verses, yeah. but, um, they don't get as like misused, I don't think. So, mm. um, yeah. So I would just say that like, if you, if you feel like, you know, you have a problem with judging people, there's also there's verses that talk about like, you know, God doesn't judge the external appearance. Yep. He judges the heart. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I think just like, um, every, every good thing, mm-hmm. you know, like we talk about this a lot, like every good thing, if your intentions behind it aren't good, mm-hmm. then is it even a good thing? So like right. dressing modestly. Okay. Is that a good thing if you're just doing it to shame other people that don't right. dress modestly? Yeah. No, like yeah. that's not glorifying to God right. at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and culture right now is, is at an, it's an interesting swing, um, from, you know, like uh, right now millennials are being like hated on because like they wear skinny jeans and you know, all that. And so it's the, the culture right now is a swing from that skinny jean kind of time. And it's like, I, I need to love myself for who I am, you know? And so I need to dress in a way that makes me just feel comfortable. And like, you know, I, I, I don't need to like, you know, be attractive in anybody else's mind except for my mm. own. It's still kind of like <laughs> not the right mentality. Yeah. You know? So it's like this like self-love being expressed through clothing. But at the end of the day, it's still really self-centered. Yeah. You know? So even though it could be quote unquote more modest, mm. it's still kind of like, hey, look at me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and it's a hard balance. I don't it think is. we'll ever know the answer. No. Like, there's no, there's no rule book in the Bible. Like things that are, you know, mm-hmm. like a what not to wear Bible exactly. edition. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I could tell you, like, if so, you know, the rule back in in like when Jared and I would do youth camp with the students when we would go to camp, the rule would always be like no two piece bathing suits. Like the girls would have to like cover themselves up with a t shirt or wear a one suit or something. But, like, two-piece bathing suits have come so far that they are just as much coverage as a one-piece. So, like, it literally makes no sense to say that, you know? So, it's like, I can't give you this list of rules that, you know, in a few years might be really outdated, too, you know? So, you just got to look at the context you're in, such Mm -hmm. as, you know, when you're on that college campus and the girls couldn't wear athletic shorts. Yeah. You know, like look in, in, in the situation, like, are you going to wear something in front of like maybe your, your grandma or your employer that you might be when you, you know, you go out clubbing? No. Mm -hmm. So like you, you have to understand kind of like that there are, um, standards to live up to, but it's not necessarily like a standard of perfection, you know? So, yeah. And that applies, I think, to both topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Mm, that's good. Just desiring. Yeah, I think something that motivates me through those decisions is, like, I just ask myself, like, is this bringing glory to God? That's a right. pretty simple, like, yeah. yes, this is. Or, no, no it's not. And yeah. that, I think, for me, has been a helpful gauge. Yeah. Like, if I am not, you know, in my Bible and reading scripture, mm-hmm. it's just as simple as asking myself, like, yeah. 
And that's even outside of purity and modesty. It's just everything. Right. It's like, is this bringing glory to God or mm-hmm. is it not? Because yeah. if it's not, it's a good rule. Then for I everything. simply don't need to be doing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. That's another thing that I feel like when back to the whole purity talk of like, where's the line? Mm. Like, you know, you get these people who are in the club of like, well, you know, uh, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to do this, that, or the other. But it's like, we can do this, we can do that. It's, you know, getting as far to that yes. line as possible. Yeah. But is that glorifying to God? No. no. Like, what you need to do in each situation is ask yourself, is this going to be glorifying to God? Mm. And see yeah. where that gets you. Yeah. And I think something Jared said at college group when we talked about this a few weeks ago that was Mm -hmm. helpful is like if you put that line there Mm -hmm. and then you get as close as you can to it as early as you can, then you're going to fall over the line. You know, it's like, yeah, the way that we've taught it before is like you're standing on the edge of a cliff Mm -hmm. and you want to get as close to the cliff edge as possible. And you even want to like dip your toe onto the other side and like just see how long you can stand there. When in reality, <laughs> you want to get as far away from that cliffside as possible so that you don't fall in, yeah. you know? Like, it just doesn't make sense to be like, how far can I go? Yeah, it's just such... Mm-hmm. And it's such a cultural way of yeah. thinking, especially when, you know, if you have friends that are doing those things yeah. and friends that aren't dressing and living modestly. It's mm-hmm. like, why do I have to? But yeah, and then that's another thing that that I think is hard because like we can't control what other mm. people do. Mm. And, yeah, <laughs> still learning that one. Haven't done a podcast yeah. on that one yet. <laughs> and so like that should have nothing to do with the way I live my life. Very true. Yeah, yeah, because we all have our own issues and mm-hmm. things to work through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, this has been a good one. You think so? Yeah, I think people will. <laughs> I, I think so. this is stuff that a lot of people wonder about but mm-hmm. don't talk about. Yeah. And I just, I like, I, I was kind of nervous to talk about this because I feel like, you know, we're living in a world right now that is not very forgiving. There's not a lot of grace given. And it's just like, you know, the whole cancel culture thing of yes. like, you know, you know, you did something wrong. So you don't get done. another chance. You don't get another chance. And that is not what Jesus teaches. And, you know, in regards to sexual sin, if you've crossed that line, then you can be forgiven and you can be made clean. That's okay. You know, like God Mm. gives grace and he gives forgiveness. And so for you to feel guilt and shame over what you've done in the past is it's not helpful. Mm. It's not going to help you grow. Yeah. Like Jesus already died for those sins. Exactly. And for the sins we haven't even committed yet. You know, there's no point in trying to make it better Mm because there's nothing. Yeah. And we don't approach Jesus in a state of purity you know, we approach him in, uh, in our sin. Like there's no way that, you know, we can do anything good enough to get to Jesus. Yeah. So he has to take that on for us. And he did, he already did. So, yeah. Yeah. And I hope that like for people listening that have crossed that line, like Mm -hmm. this isn't one of those podcasts that's like, you're bad, irredeemable, you're, you know, like I, this is something I feel like everyone has struggled with and no one talks about. Yeah. I feel like I think sexual sin is one of those things that can really just isolate you. I think so too. Yeah, you but, think that. Um, yeah, you just think that you're you're full of shame and guilt and unwilling to talk about it with anybody. Mm-hmm. But in reality, like you know, as a Jared is pastor and I'm a pastor's life. Like we've heard a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to really surprise us, you yeah. know. So 
you know, if there is a, a person who's listening who feels like they need help with this, like, even if it's like, you know, like people struggling with pornography, you know, mm. like those are still like less, like that's a, a big thing that the Bible talks about in terms of fleeing from sexual immorality, you know? Yeah. It's not just, um, physical yeah, or pursuing purity with someone else. Yeah. Like, yeah. So those are things that like, if you struggle with and you need help, come to us, you know, mm-hmm. like the church is equipped to deal with your dirt. Yeah. That's good. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please email us at askingforafriend@psbible.com. If you're interested in learning more about our church, visit psbible.com. Bye.